Welcome to the Servants of Grace podcast hosted by Dave Jenkins. Our podcast exists to provide trustworthy expository messages through the Bible and faithful answers to your theology questions. Now for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. Welcome back, friends, to another episode of the Servants of Grace Theology segment. My name is Dave, and today we have a great question from one of our listeners. Um, They ask this, does God forget our sins? Well, what a wonderful question. Scripture teaches that God forgives and forgets sinners in Christ. Passages such as Isaiah 53, 25, and even Hebrews 10 teach that the Lord does not remember the sins of sinners in Christ. And yet we should not confuse the Lord remembering our sins with what we think of forgetfulness. The Lord is omniscient. He knows everything and forgets nothing. The Lord can choose to not remember something. And we may not forget the offense against someone or we can choose to forget. To to forgive, in fact, it prevents us from dwelling on past troubles. And so instead of treating our sins like they deserve, the Lord removes our sin as far as the east is uh, from the West. And when we're saved, our sins are forgiven entirely, which is what Hebrews 10 is talking about. The once and for all sacrifice of Jesus made a one-time sacrifice that entirely removes our sins. In Christ, the people of God are justified before God. In fact, Romans 8.1 tells Bible readers, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Romans 8.31-39 repeatedly breaks down to the, to the nanosecond that God's people are held secure because of the Lord Jesus' finished and sufficient work. In fact, the Lord does not remember our sins because he treats us as righteous is, uh, because we're in Christ. And even when the people of God do sin, the Lord is faithful to forgive. In fact, the Lord frees the people of God from the slavery of sin and sets them free to experience new life in Christ. And so knowing the forgiveness of God in Christ, Christians can join with King Hezekiah and praise to Jesus in Isaiah 38, verse 17. You have put all my sins behind your back. And like Paul, we can say what Philippians 3.13 says, press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called us having word in Christ Jesus. And one of Satan's favorite tricks is to convince Christians that their sins aren't forgiven despite the teaching we've received from the Word of God. Uh, Satan desires to constantly remind Christians of their past sins and uses those as proof the Lord wouldn't forgive them. And yet Psalm 103.12 tells Christians that the Lord not only removes our sins, but removes them entirely from His presence. 1 John 1, 9 makes clear that the Lord forgives the people of God as they come with an attitude of repentance and ask to be forgiven. And furthermore, 1 John 2, 1 through 2 solidifies this promise because behind it is the work of Jesus as an advocate. Now, Christians need to be careful not to think of this teaching that it doesn't matter how they live because it does. It's not a biblical for a child of God to live in habitual sin and live a lifestyle of disobedience. Paul's teaching in 2 Corinthians 13.5 is relevant here because there's indifference between stumbling in sin and living a lifestyle of continual unrepentance of sin. Every Christian sins. Even the Apostle Paul didn't do what he wanted to do because of indwelling sin. And like Paul, the Christian's response is to hate sin, to repent of it, to trust the grace of God to overcome it. 
Christians do not fall because of the sufficient grace of God. When the faith of the people of God grows cold and we, like Peter, deny our Lord in word and deed, the Lord is still there, like in the prodigal son's story, to forgive them of their sin. Satan aims to get Christians to think there's no hope and no possibility to be forgiven. In fact, many people feel trapped by an overwhelming sense of guilt and they walk away from God. And what we need to remember here is that we were never worthy of the grace of God. The Lord loved, he forgave, and he chose the people of God to be in Christ before the foundation of the world, not because of anything they did, but in order that we who are the first to hope in Christ might be the praise of his glory. There is no place that the grace of God cannot reach, no depth to which we can sink, that God is not able to pull out the people of God. The grace, is, the grace of God is greater than all of our sins. And so whether we are starting to wander off course or we're sinking or drowning in our sin, the grace of God can forgive us of our sin. You see, grace is a gift of God. So when a Christian sins, the Holy Spirit will convict them of their sin so that godly sorrow is a result. The Lord will not condemn the Christian. There's no longer any condemnation for those who are in Christ. The conviction of the Holy Spirit is one of grace and love. Grace is not an excuse to sin. Grace is not to be abused nor treated as if sin is harmless or inoffensive. Unrepentant Christians need to be lovingly confronted and guided to freedom. In fact, non-Christians need to be told they need to repent and they need to put their trust in Christ alone. Each people group needs to be told that the remedy to sin is in the grace of the Lord Jesus. God's grace is how people are saved, but how Christians are sanctified. Now they're kept by and glorified by God. So rather than cheapening the grace of God, every Christian should be grateful to God for the grace of God and live a life of honor before the face of God. In question and answer 56 of the Heidelberg Catechism, which continues the exposition of the Apostles' Creed by focusing on the statement that Christians believe in the forgiveness of sins. See, belief in divine forgiveness is confessed in that section of Christ, and it deals with the Holy Spirit. The writers of the Apostles' Creed could have placed this particular point in the Creed's statement on the Father and the Son. And though sinners may petition any of the persons of the Trinity for forgiveness, Scripture directs Christians to make their request for pardon to the Father. See, Christians are to ask for forgiveness, grounded in the finished and sufficient work of the Lord Jesus. The Holy Spirit must regenerate sinners before they acknowledge their need for forgiveness and seek the remedy to it in His finished and sufficient work. In, in our experience, the Holy Spirit makes the first move towards the sinner for them to receive divine forgiveness. And thus, the Apostles' Creed is right to discuss forgiveness within the setting of the Holy Spirit. Question and answer 56 of the Heidelberg Catechism helps people to understand divine forgiveness. In Micah seven eighteen through 19 the prophet helps people understand and even marvel at the greatness of the pardon offered by the Lord Jesus. Micah 7.18 teaches the uniqueness of the forgiveness of the Lord, revealing that no other deity can offer the pardon that the covenant Lord offers to his people. The forgiveness of God is incomparable because he forgives sinners in Christ alone without compromising the justice of God. And scripture is clear that the Lord is both just and he is justifier. The other gods of this world who are no gods at all, but demons masquerading as gods compromise their righteousness when they forgive, because, but they because they do not demand true atonement for sin. In fact, those whom the Lord has forgiven are genuinely forgiven. The Lord does not forget what the people of God have done, 
but but he no longer holds our wickedness against them when sinners put their trust in Christ alone. Through the blood of Jesus, the Lord sees his people as righteous and acceptable in his sight. And so the Lord will not take this status away from the people of God who are in Christ. While we may find it harder not to hold other sins against them, the Lord easily and readily refuses to hold the sins of the people of God against them. See, I want to I thank you t- today for listening or watching this episode of the Servants of Grace Theology segment. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you and keep you. Thank you for listening to the Servants of Grace podcast today. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, leave a rating on the app, and share our episode with your friends and family. If you'd like to, you can follow us on Instagram at Servants of Grace, on Twitter at Servants of Grace, or by searching Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this podcast on the front page of our website at servantsofgrace.org.